Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. A few episodes ago, Katie and I mentioned in passing that we disapprove of VeggieTales for our children. And that sparked some inquiries from you listeners, whether that was through messaging, emails, even in the comments section. And you wanted clarity on to why we don't approve of VeggieTales. And Katie and I got with each other and we're like, well, is this beyond just our opinion? Like, is this a preference thing or do we actually have some convictions against VeggieTales? And come to find out, we both have some convictions against VeggieTales. And so we're going to talk about what those are in this episode and maybe answer some of those questions that you have regarding it. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you're able to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. Uh, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, could you give it a thumbs up or subscribe to our channel? That We appreciate that as well. We also love it when we see you sharing it on social media platforms. You could take a screenshot or whatever of one of your favorite episodes and share that. That's how it reaches more people, and that's what enables us to keep doing this. And we love doing it. Folks, enjoy the episode. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, you guys. So tonight was going to be this lighthearted episode about VeggieTales, and... We actually had to restart this episode because Elisha and I had to get on the same page about what we thought about Veggie Tales. Yeah, we didn't think it was going to be a debate. No, we didn't. We've never really talked this out before. We've just both not wanted to show our children Veggie Tales, hmm. but we never talked out our reasons why. And so here we are hearing for the first time what each other's reasons are. Yeah, it's interesting because I grew up watching Veggie Tales. I don't, I don't know if we. I don't think we owned any copies of VeggieTales, but my parents were seemed more than okay with us watching them at friends' house. Or at our, I think our grandparents actually would always have VeggieTales, and so we would watch them there. Um, and then as time went on, I, I had a positive association with them, and when I became an adult, I didn't watch them just because I was an adult and I didn't have children, uh, and I liked watching other movies instead. Uh, but now that I have children and that... You know, it's like VeggieTales, they, they come back around and you're like, oh, are, are, are kids going to, are my kids going to watch these uh, things? Then I started reconsidering it and really kind of considering the the education that they are giving my children as it pertains to, to Bible stories and to Christian values and morals. And it was pretty clear to me, I didn't want that to be what they were getting their Christianity from. Uh, and then as you already mentioned, you had a like a pretty brief history with VeggieTales growing up. Yeah, it's funny. We, I don't know where it was. I don't know if it was at the printers or at Walmart, but there was somewhere where there was this little booth. And while my mom was checking out, kids could go in the little booth and sit on this little seat and you could watch VeggieTales. It was like this little tiny two-person theater in the middle mm. of a store. And so I love to pop in there and watch VeggieTales. I thought they were super funny. I never quite got what was going on, but it was funny during the five or 10 minutes here and there. And then someone gave us the VeggieTale Esther and we thought it was funny as kids. I remember it kind of disturbed me that Vashti or Vashti, mm -hmm. I, I will never know how to pronounce that. Yeah, I've always heard it, Vashti. Vashti, yeah. okay. Uh, that she got thrown out in the VeggieTales Esther because she wouldn't make the king a sandwich. Mm. And I knew that didn't line up with scripture, and so it just seemed kind of strange and a little disturbing. Uh, but then one day, my dad just 
took the DVD, threw it in the trash, was like, we aren't doing VeggieTales anymore. And he took a pretty hard stance on that. And so anytime there was VeggieTales playing at a kid's function or something like that, he just didn't want us watching VeggieTales. And so I grew up with this aversion, I should say. And as I've, as I've seen it, you know, VeggieTales is such a cultural household name. Yeah. That you just see it and you're familiar with it. Right. And so, you know, since then I, I'm quite familiar with several of the stories. Yeah. That is such a, I feel like that's such a Christian dad move. Maybe it's a dad move in general, just <laughs> like being okay with something and all of a sudden not, and being like, we're, we're never, you know, we're, I'm throwing this out. And that's something actually I really appreciate about my dad and uh, about your dad. Um, because I think my dad's such a mellow guy more so than, than your dad. Like it's probably easy to picture, it's probably easy for people to picture your dad you know, making a hard line, like stance on something like that and be like, we're never going to do this ever again in our life. Um, but my dad being a soft spoken guy did that in his own ways as well with things like that, with certain movies or certain, uh, literature that we, he would, that would be in the home. He'd be like, we're no, get this out right now. We're never letting this back into our home. Um, or even being at places. I remember being at churches and being in the middle. <laughs> this is another classic like Christian dad thing to do. It's like being in the middle of a service and all of us getting up, which is a lot of kids, and just marching right out. You're in the middle of a wow. church service because my dad's like, my kids aren't going to hear this. So it's kind of funny when you mentioned that. I just thought of all the times my dad did yeah, similar things. Totally. So I think one of my biggest issues when it comes to VeggieTales is is that I feel like it's disrespecting and degrading scripture. Mm. There's no reverence to history and reverence to the way that God chose to tell history. And I feel like Veggie Tales not only degrades and takes away that reverence from God, but it also doesn't paint a high view of God mm. for our children. And that's my number one biggest issue that I have with VeggieTales is it reduces these Christian heroes of the faith and it reduces God's presence in mm. scripture as this comedic, foolish nonsense yeah. that is worth laughing at and getting a cheap joke from, but it is not with awe and reverence and holiness. Yeah. I mean, even just a few of the stories or the one story you mentioned, Esther, like that that whole story, there's kind of like gnarly parts to mm -hmm. it when you read the Bible. Yeah. There's awe-inspiring parts, people just being in so much awe and fear of God. Um, there's points of dread. There's It's just a very, I mean, it's an adult story. It's a very grown-up story where, where you're like, this is, this is heavy content here. And it's not to say that we need to be explicit with everything that's going on and explain it in detail to our children. Uh, but you also don't want to make it a cartoon. You don't mm -hmm. want to completely cheapen it. And it does seem like in some of the episodes, they would love the moral that a story might could communicate. Take Esther or Shadrach, mm -hmm. Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, or, you know, Moses. I think they called him Mo, you know, in the VeggieTales <laughs> version. And they were like, oh, man, this is a great moral to teach young children. Let's tell this story. But then they literally, like what you were mentioning earlier, Katie, they take God out of it. They go, let's let's make the hero the person, not God. Because when you read those stories mm -hmm. in the Bible, God's always the hero. Mm -hmm. Of course, he uses his instruments. He uses his people. And their, their moments of faith are admirable. Like they yes. have moments of faith. Abraham's faith is admirable. But 
at the end of all the stories, it's God that's the sustainer and he's the hero. And in VeggieTales, in a lot of the stories, takes God all completely out of it. They write him out of the story and they say, okay, well, Esther's going to be the hero or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are going to be the heroes, the protagonist. Uh, and that is doing a big time disservice. Obviously, it's, you know, misusing scripture and it's an abusing scripture, but then it's also completely telling our children a, a harmful message mm-hmm. that you on your own can be a moral person and have and, and live at this standard that is admirable before God. And we know as Christians, that's not, that's like a dangerous way to believe. That's a very dangerous way to think and, and to believe. Yeah. I think if you've done any street witnessing at all, or even if you've watched someone else doing it on YouTube, you understand that we as humans think of ourselves as generally good. Mm or at least better than the next guy. And that is a big stumbling stone when it comes to realizing our need for a savior is getting over how we're pretty good people and and that belief of ourselves. And so when we look at just these morals outside of Christ, then it's, I don't want my children just focusing on this okay, I'm going to stand up to peer pressure or I'm going to do the right thing even when it's hard or even when I'm scared. Because obviously those are great things to do, mm. but, but without Christ, they just fall flat. Like what is what is the point? Yes, and you mentioned this too. Those are kind of like the, those are the takeaways from those VeggieTale iterations of those stories, right? Yes. With Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's uh, the takeaways like don't you know never fall yeah, for peer pressure. Stand, up, like, for peer stand pressure, up for peer yeah. pressure, and you're thinking, well, that's a good thing for kids to teach. And you're like, yeah, but they actually take God out of it. They mm-hmm. they they literally take him out of the story. And it's the same thing with Esther. That the takeaway there was uh, like do do, do the right, right thing when, even you're, when scared. you're scared. Yeah, exactly. And um, and you're thinking, well, that's if if your kids read the biblical narrative of those stories, though they will get those principles from it. Yes. which is awesome, but they'll get it in the context, oh, I'm able to do that by putting all my hope in God. He's the sustainer. He's the one that's going to carry me through. I can stand up against peer pressure because I fear a perfect God more than I fear my peers. And and I can do the right thing even when I'm scared because God, God's the, because of God, like yeah. the, the, that entire time. There's just an incredible amount of faith that these characters are showing in scripture. And, a awe and a fear and a reverence of God. Yeah. And I just feel like VeggieTales really cheapens cheapens God or removes God and makes it this, again, it's a joking matter. Hey everyone, I wanna take a quick moment to tell you about our online music academy called votebergmusicacademy.com. Katie and I actually started this online music academy seven years ago, and over that time, we've been able to see thousands of students go through our courses and learn how to play the guitar, the mandolin, the fiddle, the piano, the ukulele, and bring music into their home. And we really curated these lessons so that you're able to learn with your child or you're able to learn by yourself and then bring music into your home and play with your kiddos. We even have it so that you can, you know, subscribe to one course and have three of your kids take the same course. So it's really cost effective and you're able to go at your own pace and bring music into your home. Go to VoperMusicAcademy.com and check this out. Okay, listen up. This is where it gets really good. If you enter the coupon code YouTube at checkout, you will get 10% off each month's payment. 
because it's a subscription. It's a reoccurring payment. So if you put that code in, then it's 10% off each month. So, I mean, that can really add up over time. So bring some music into your family's home. Go over to VoperMusicAcademy.com. I'll link it below. And you guys put in that coupon code and go learn how to play some piano, guitar, fiddle, mandolin, ukulele, your choice. Where these situations, you know, I one critic was applauding VeggieTales for saying they get the message across without making it too serious, gruesome, or graphic for the kids. And I think, okay, yeah, you don't want it to be super gruesome or graphic if you're showing this video, right? But too serious? No, these are really serious things. Mm. They're really serious things that our children are going to have to go through. And it's not, you know, the story of Joshua and Jericho and people pouring slushies on your head from the wall. You know, that's not the enemy. There's actually a real enemy out there and it is powerful and there is real spiritual warfare and these are very dark things. And the only thing that saves us from ourselves and from the world in which we live is Christ Mm. as our savior. And so I'm not really interested in, in portraying a story that is taking from the Bible to just paint this mm, like good moral story. Yeah. As opposed to, and, and this is probably why we wouldn't even have a huge issue with veggie tales that aren't Bible story. Uh, no. Yeah. Iterations, right. When they do like their Sherlock Holmes or if they, they just do... have a funny little show. Right. Okay. That, it's a funny little it's show. A fu- it's a funny show. And you can even get some principles and morals out of the, out of them, but they're not taking what God has written and, and declared to be his perfect word. And then abusing that story and take and writing him out of it, and that's even you know positive like secular positive reviews for Veggie Tales are like it's great because you get great Christian morals and ethics for children without making it all religious and without and you're like well that's a problem like without make with that with taking God out of yes. it essentially is what they're saying and it's crazy because this is actually yeah. a quote from uh, the creator of Veggie Tales Phil Vischer he and this was I don't know how many years ago this was but it was shortly after. I guess VeggieTales like went bankrupt or something or they I got don't, acquired. I don't know. So this is after he he lost it. So he, so he says, when I lost VeggieTales and Big Idea, one of my first responses when my head finally stopped spinning was, wait a minute, did I just spend 10 years persuading kids to behave Christianly without teaching them Christianity? And then he said, I can't just tell kids to behave like Christians. I have to teach them the tenets of the faith. I mean, that's a kind of a sobering statement uh, totally apart from VeggieTales, because I think we're prone to doing that as parents, is you yeah. want to teach your kids moralism. You want to teach them the right thing to do. You kind of like this Christian, like you said, trying to teach them to, to act Christianly, but then not teaching them Christianity. And any of these moral lessons, apart from Christ, are are worthless. And they're extremely dangerous, because, I mean, how many, like you said, you go out into the street, and people that think they're all right— are in a, they're not all right. That's in a, you're in a really bad spot. Yeah. There has to be this acknowledgement of I'm not okay. Like I, Lord, I can't stand up to, you know, like Nebuchadnezzar. You know, I can't go confront Nebuchadnezzar. You know, I can't stand up to, um, whatever. You know, I've, I'm trying to think of a Bible story. You yeah. know, like I can't lead lead children of Israel, your people, through yes. the Red Sea against the Egyptians. I can't do that. And in, in addition to not being able to, you know, execute those heroic. Uh, acts i'm stuck in sin like i can't act virtuously apart from you i can't act with integrity and with honesty 
perfectly without you, without you, without your working in me. And, um, so anyways, when you, when you teach Christian morals without teaching Christianity, you are setting your kids up for failure, for this false hope in their, in their selves. You're setting it up for, for them to hope in their own morality. And, and even if they have something resembling a Christian faith, I mean, we've all, I mean, I've been this guy before and nobody, like when you, when you see a kid grow up that thinks he's just straight up better than his classmate or his teammate, because it's like, well, man, I don't get drunk on the weekends like those guys. That's why God likes me better, or I'm a Christian, or I have a right standing before God, or I don't sleep around, or whatever the moral standard is that you think you're keeping that is going to makes you better than the other kids. You're in a dangerous place there. The only thing that makes you right before God is Christ and his finished work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think of, I read a real startling statistic, but it's saying that 59% of millennials that grew up in the church have deconstructed mm-hmm. at this point. And, you know, that's 60%. And we were all raised on Veggie Tales, a Veggie Tales Christianity, which cheapened the reverence of God and and raised a view of self Mm -hmm. and hey we've got it all together we're logical beings we can think wisely the church is a bunch of made up baloney and i with all my wise reasoning can reason my way way further than the church can full of all those hypocrites and Mm -hmm. all that you know and i just think Wow, that is the last thing. Like you were saying, I, we're using the word dangerous here when it comes to Veggie Tales, because I don't think I don't have any issue. Well, I, I have very minor other forms of issues with just animation and things like that in general. <laughs> okay, so that's just across the board. But yeah, if they're telling a funny story, then let them tell a funny story. And if there's a moral involved, that's great. But my issue is this danger with veggie tales that are based in the Bible because it is skewing scripture and it's making scripture a laughing stock and treating it with this triviality. Sounds good. <laughs> in a very trivial manner. And as someone asked, well, wouldn't you rather your kids watch veggie tales than some other cartoon? And the truth is no. Yeah. I would way rather my kids watch Kung Fu Panda with Middle Eastern religious vibes in there because my kids know and they are clear that that is not Christianity and yeah, that is not made, what they believe. That's made to look dumb. They're like, oh, that's not who God is. That's not no. who Jesus Christ is. But when but when you're being told Bible story and say, well, this is actually, you know, that story in the Bible. You know, Esther, or yeah. you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, it's Rack, Shack, and Benny. And you know, we're going to teach you how to handle beer, peer pressure. You know, I was reading about uh, Rack Shack and Benny here, and a critic was saying they are handling peer pressure as the biblical story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego retold, retold with elements taken from Terry Gillian's films. Mm. It's just like, what a mishmash mash. Mm-hmm. And we're just serving up scripture in this very confusing way with some vibes from some filmmaker. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's it's very foolish. And again, it's very disrespectful uh, to scripture and to God yeah. and to what he has done through his people and even to the actual 
really dark things that these people walk through in faith. Yeah, I, I think it's confusing more than more than anything, which can lead to danger, obviously, and yeah. a bunch of things. But you know, I, I was just going through a list of the stories that are Bible stories that Veggie Tales has done an iteration on, and you know, David and Bathsheba, you know, him wanting the the rubber ducky that he that he couldn't have, and there again, there's no there's no, none of this like him falling on his face before God for the sin he had committed, and then you even think about that story apart from the VeggieTales iteration, it's just a gnarly story. Like it mm-hmm. should, it should sober you up when you think of the man there in the position that David was in and there's murder, there's adultery, there's, uh, those are two. I mean, if it, even if it's just those two things, that's pretty bad. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> right pretty there. So, Two of the big ones. So we'll just say that there's those, those are heavy, serious topics yeah. that you don't want to like, why are we trying to make this uh, a comedy? That's, that's not funny. Uh, and then the same thing you mentioned, Esther, Moses, the same. Th- I mean, you, like you think of all the Egyptians dying, you, know, you think of the plagues, you think of God's judgment on on Egypt. It, it, it's it's insane. It's violent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really gnarly. Um, same with Joshua. You know, that that entire story, the whole thing, you know, with like the spies going up, you know, and like um and then being let down, you know, secretly through the wall. The whole thing is filled with all this like, wow. Yeah, from a like, harlot's house. Yeah, from a harlot's house. And I'm again, I'm not saying you have to sit down with your four-year-old and tell them, oh, explain what a harlot is. Oh, explain how these people actually died, you know, in, in, in gory detail. No, but don't don't make it a story that it's not. Don't make it something that it's not. Don't lie about the story. Um, same with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel, the same thing in the lion's den. Noah's Ark. I mean, you think of God flooding the whole earth because of how vile man had become. That's a gnar- that's again, that's a gnarly story mm-hmm. that I grew up in. This isn't just VeggieTales' fault. This is a lot of just Sunday school yes, I renditions agree. of Scripture. these stories. Because I think Noah's Ark, every kid growing up that was in somewhat of like a mainstream evangelical, not even mainstream, just just even a bit of conservative evangelical church, like had some animated picture in their Sunday school class, you know, or in the nursery of like a really fun looking time on the ark. Mm-hmm. Like not the gory reality that it was when you read about it. Um, and that's doing a disservice to, like you said, the true weightiness of all of these stories and getting to the end of it being like, oh, God is good. He sustained all those people. He's the one that preserved them, tucked away in the ark. Uh, and we can we should look to him in any of our hardships now th- that we face. Yeah, I just really feel like, like you said, it's confusing. And I think that this isn't just, like you said, veggie tales. Mm-hmm. A big problem that we have with Sunday schools and is trying to make everything age appropriate. And in doing so, making it all lighthearted. And we don't communicate the weight of sin. We don't communicate the power of God's redemption. Mm. We don't communicate the darkness that different people had to walk through. And you can do that in an age-appropriate way and still a very serious way. And I think as Christians in the 21st century, we already have to combat the fantasy and Bible stories being like Cinderella. Right. Bible stories and Disney stories are just already seem kind of mythical and fantastical and magical to the point of unbelievability. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, this is a real God with real supernatural power, these things really happened in history. 
and it's awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. And that's the same God that we serve today. And I don't get that with a lot of, of, of Sunday school teachings. It just kind of seems like entertainment and it doesn't push me toward Christ and to a awareness of my sin and need for a savior. Instead, it just seems like a good time or mm-hmm. a good story or, you know, something that, that was fun, but, but it's probably not true. Right. And that's something that I appreciate about the way you're reading to our kids from multiple sources is that it's so definitive in, in our kids' minds, and they're all young, when it's the authoritative word of God. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't Narnia anymore. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, even a nonfiction. This isn't, you know, whatever. Nate's saying, this is the reverenced word of God that is infallible and it's perfect, and this is the authority. And I think being able to do that in, a, in the home environment where we are the, I guess, the, the controllers of the environment, you know, we get to determine the narrative in all of these things. Uh, you are able to introduce your kids to the difference of, hey, this is fiction for the sake of drawing this, and you can draw mm-hmm. these good principles from it, but this didn't really happen. This isn't authoritative, but what did you get out of that story? Versus, hey, this this happened. This is who this is what God did. This is who he is, and he shows himself to be that way through this story. And these are real people who had this real faith who mm-hmm. walked through these real challenges as well. Yeah. And I also don't like just the creative liberties that are taken with true events because it does change the it does change the trajectory of what actually happened. You know, when you're thinking of Rack Shack and Benny here, mm-hmm. they narrowly escape getting thrown into the furnace the first time by this friendly carrot that saves them in time for the delivery truck. Mm. Well, in scripture, they didn't try to escape. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went willingly knowing that God was either going to deliver them or they were willing to burn. Mm-hmm. And there's actually this really powerful scripture. I'm, I'm bummed. I'm thinking of it just now. But the way that they said, I, can I find it real quick? Sure. Could you say something? You want me to say something? <laughs> say okay, so what are the things I wrote down? Uh, yes, teaching morals without the gospel. That's That's a problem. Uh, yeah, then lots of kids grow up thinking that they're okay, like they're better than the next person because they're they're acting in this Christian-like manner, but there is totally devoid of Christ. Um, there's no reverence of God, and there's no hatred of sin, of, of our own sin or of just sin in the world, like sin in general. That's never, it's all, like you said, made to seem very trivial in, in these stories just kind of like, hey, it's probably better if you do it this way, not like, you no know, one leads to hell and condemnation and God abhors yeah. uh, and it brings forth death. And then there's this way of life and righteousness uh, that's found through Jesus Christ. You don't get any of that. Yeah. Thank you. So Gosh, I in, buy you enough time. You, you bought me enough time. You crushed it. So in Daniel three, I mean, and this is the thing. Yeah. Maybe we can't show explicit scripture on a screen in an age appropriate way for children, but you can sure read the Bible to your yep. children. And it is so gracefully flowery. It covers big topics in a way that is 100% age-appropriate for children. No, especially King James Version. Especially King James Version. <laughs> I don't know what you're reading over there. Maybe it is explicit. So I love this, Daniel three seventeen, And these guys are going, and they answered King Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, If it be so, 
our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image with which thou hast set up. I love this, how it says, our God is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. But if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Isn't that unique? Mm-hmm. Just the phrasing there, how they had 100% faith that God was able to deliver them and would deliver them. But they trusted him so much that they said, but if he doesn't choose to deliver us, we still won't serve your Yeah, because I, mean, I don't know much of the history Because they weren't like forcing God into a corner saying, he will deliver us, watch. If God didn't want to deliver them, they, he was still going to be glorified by yeah. the way that he they communicated about him. Exactly. And, he, and with even... Now, with so much more scripture that we have canonized, you know, in the Bible with the New Testament, which obviously these guys didn't have at that point, uh, we know that God works all things together for the good of those that love him, you know, and and he does it for his purpose and his glory. And we all know from history that often in time, that most times includes, not most times, oftentimes includes death of the faithful person. And, And you're like, oh, that's insane. That's so depressing. You're like, that's what the King of Kings did. That is the, who are we looking onto? Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And you're like, well, if going back to survival, not being the, the goal, goal. Yeah. It's like Jesus died by like pretty much every person in the world's standards at a young age. You're like in his thirties. You're like, oh, what a, what a bummer. That seems like a failure. And so I love that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, they illustrate that point in the Old Testament where it's like, no, he, he can save us and he may save us, but also he may not save us because God's plan that he's unfolding oftentimes involves death to his glory, to our Mm -hmm. good, to the edifying of the saints, to the furthering of the gospel and the advancement of his kingdom. And that's really empowering to have that perspective. Yeah. It's liberating. It's very cool. And you get that when you read scripture. But when you, you know, it might seem like this really tiny detail that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego try to escape and do escape and then get caught again. But it really changes what, what happened. Mm-hmm. And it changes the narrative and it changes their faith in God and their willingness to go through and do whatever he had called them to. And that's just one example. But I really feel like when you're dealing with scripture, you have to be so careful because it is written a certain way for a reason. And it is, it's documented. The things that are documented are are documented that way for a purpose. And we're teaching children here. We're teaching children about God and shaping their perspective at a very young age about who he is, what he requires from us and who we are as his, as his servants. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's big stuff. It's not something we can just slap together real quick and it really matters. Yeah, I mean, it's the that legendary line from A.W. Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy, that opening line that what comes into a person's brain when they think about God is the most important thing about them. And so we've good. been brought up with the perspective. It's just such a prevalent perspective of God that, I mean, you hear Jesus is my homeboy. You know, you picture God as, as like Gandalf, basically, where it's just yeah. that kind of like this benevolent Santa Claus that he's just got our best interest at, at heart and he just kind of wants to help us along the way he's kind of our, our helper friend uh jesus is my boyfriend yeah exactly Almost jesus really is my boyfriend when I was growing uh, up. and you're like man you look at the totality of what god of what god's word says about 
him, about himself, what he reveals about himself. And again, I mean, I love that book, Knowledge of the Holy, because you read that whole thing and it breaks down the attributes that are revealed through the scriptures about God. And you have awe, you have wonder. You don't have an attitude that's going to like go slap fives with him and be like, yes. hey, what's, you know, what's up? And yet we're in such a casual culture for some reason that's been very propagated, that idea of God. They just wants to slap fives with you. Yeah, I think of even with Esther, right, in order to make this not serious and not gruesome and child-friendly, we have Haman saying that he talks the king into signing an order for Mordecai's family to be perpetually tickled. Okay, well, that might seem like, okay, well, you know, it's just this thing, but it's not really showing kids the severity of what was actually going on. Mm -hmm. Esther was standing between all her people being wiped off the face of the earth and being murdered or being perpetually tickled. Yeah. You know, like that's just, that doesn't really seem like that big of a consequence, I guess. I'd say it's not. (laughs) It's really not in light of. No, it's really not. Or, or even Haman, you know, his sins being found out and him being hung. He didn't go get perpetually tickled. Mm -mm. He got hung on the same gallows that he prepared for Mordecai. This is real stuff. Life and death situations and life and death situations aren't laughing matters. And so that's just something like when I'm reading that to my children, yeah, they know that people had the potential to get hung for their faith. They did get hung when they do the did the wrong thing. And that's what I want my children growing up with, even from a, I'm just going to teach you a moral lesson standpoint. Yeah. I mean, you think of the power of the gospel when you have that context, uh, that while God hates sin, like people die, are struck down for yeah. disobedience to his commands, or he brings curses. He, you know, he, he makes people desolate, takes them out of their land. And there's generations of this, this true fear and reverence of God. And then Christ comes and he says, I am like, I'm going to actually make you in full unit. I'm going to bring you into unity with the creator God, with God, the father through my obedience, through my perfection. That message is crazy when you have someone in that context. And that's even interesting. Another thing Phil Vischer said was, um, he goes, the reason I use pretty much Old Testament stories is because I, I never wanted to, you know, make an idol out of Jesus, you know, or, or portray him in a cartoon fashion. So he had this kind of reverence yeah, cool. for Christ. But what he did is he is he totally, and I, I don't know where he's at now. Like maybe he regrets this, maybe he doesn't. Sounds like he regrets some of it. Yeah. But um, he took so much of the power of the gospel away by cheapening all these Old Testament stories. Mm-hmm. God's love for us showed through the cross is so is like only as powerful as you see what the wrath of God is and what the judgment of God is and like again if you just view yourself as a pretty good person and God doesn't really actually care about sin that much he just kind of prefers it when we obey him but if he doesn't if we don't obey him he just kind of like you know turns a blind eye it's like no you read the old testament you're like God's wrath and judgment is dramatic towards sin and then Jesus says, yeah, I'll take all the sin of, and I'll take all the wrath of God. So you can look to me as your righteousness. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. And speaking of that, Phil guy, the creator of VeggieTales, he had this comment when uh, VeggieTales was aired on NBC and NBC 
censored out some of the religious things. And he said, hey, VeggieTales is religious. NBC is not. I want to focus people more on, isn't it cool Bob and Larry are on television? Hmm. And I just think, no, that's like, I'm going to defend here the religiosity of VeggieTales. And it's like, why do we want to focus more on, hey, Bob and Larry are on television? The focus should be on NBC is not religious. That's awesome that VeggieTales is trying to convey something religious. You know, even I'm like kind of going against my original argument here. But the focus of VeggieTales is, isn't it cool that Bob and Larry exist? If that is if that is the goal, that Bob and Larry are around and that they're cool and they're fun and they're getting more popular or whatever, then let's just leave scripture out of it. Yeah. If that's not going to be the primary focus and done in a very careful way, then why are we muddling the Bible with comedy and ch- child's entertainment? Yeah. So anyways, I probably said that all really wrong there at the end, but it's just something that I thought of. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, feel I like just that's, don't like muddling. I feel like we're in danger of that in any career field that we find ourselves in yeah. is wanting to excel in it. And if that means kind of setting aside your faith, then mm-hmm. oftentimes we choose that. Yeah. And then you try to find a way to be like, but it's cool because now that I got this promotion and I kind of did it in spite of, you know, my convictions or I compromised a bit or I didn't bring up my faith, maybe now I've got a, an opportunity to witness to these people. I don't know. We justify, I've done it. Like, yeah, you I hear do people too. do it. Like do where too. you... It's- you say it's a weakness. Yeah, of you humanity. say, well, now I'm now I'm a part of this community, and maybe I can be a light to them. And you know, I'll preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you use that line. Yeah. Uh, oh man. So I mean, those are the, those are the big things. Those are the reasons why we would actually prefer our children to be watching some form of secular entertainment, or we can say, hey, that was secular. Their messaging was way off, and not have. Yeah, and just be clear, the messaging was way off. Instead of, yeah, their messaging was way off, and technically that's supposed to be scripturally based, I think it's just confusing for kids. Mm -hmm. When it comes to animation, I don't love animation, and I also don't love uh, forms of entertainment for children that do not have a truth, goodness, and beauty element to it, where it is elevating their palate. I do believe that children deserve the best from a art standpoint, from a literature standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, from a media standpoint in general. And this is just a totally side issue that I have with children's, anything named children, is it usually means cheap. Um, if you listen to children's songs, they're typically like parents don't want to listen to them. If you watch children's movies, typically you don't want to watch them as a parent or as an adult you read children's books and I just think our children are capable of so much more than the little crumbs that we feed them their brains are very capable of absorbing big concepts and big themes and we don't need to shy away from the truth and the elegance and beauty of scripture or in any anything anything that we present with our children to our children that was good yeah i mean i feel like you've got a whole other episode in you oh yeah i'm not going there i'm not going there because you almost implied that there is such a thing as bad art you almost (laughs) you you almost kind of communicated that (laughs) that's an inside joke for another time Uh, folks thank you all so much for listening 
We're excited to talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.